Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is May 31st, and our chapter for today is Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is David's prayer of confession after his great sin with Bathsheba, the murder of her dear husband, Uriah, Uriah the Hittite, a foreigner who had come, a non-Jew that was living in the land, fighting for David and his kingdom, murdered because David wanted his wife. He coveted his wife, and then he covered it up. Psalm 51 is the prayer of David's heart, a prayer of true confession that is a model for every man and woman that would live thereafter. It is a companion volume to Psalm 32. Whereas Psalm 51 is a prayer of confession, Psalm 32 is praise for cleansing. It is the aftermath. It is the praise that God put in David's heart after his transgressions had been forgiven, after his sin had been atoned for and covered, after his iniquity had been made open and bare and then laid aside and cast away. And so let's look at Psalm 51 and see if we cannot get a portrait of really how bad sin is and how it separates us from God, what it does in our lives. You've often heard it said, I'm sure, that sin will cost you more than you meant to pay. It will hurt you more than you ever dreamed it would. It will take you farther down the road and the path away from God than you ever thought that you would go. You see, this is the way sin is. It's deceptive at its core. David said, God, have mercy upon me according to your chesed, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender, wonderful mercies. He said, blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my sin, from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. There are three words for sin here. The scripture says, where sin abounded, grace much more abounded. There are three primary words, these three, for sin in the Tanakh, in the Law of the Prophets and the Writings. There are many words for God's dealing with sin. Because whatever it is that sin brings about, God can more than overcome that through his grace, his mercy, his loving kindness. What is sin? We definitely need a definition for it in this perverted and twisted generation in which we're living when everything is made antiseptic like it's really not that bad. Blot out my transgressions. That's the Hebrew word peshah. P-E-S-H-A, Pesha. It's the word to transgress. Well, what does transgress mean? It means to step over the line. 
You see, God has some absolutes. God has drawn some lines, some moral lines, and he says you are not to step over those. In athletics and fields of competition, in baseball, you have lines drawn through first base and through third base. And if you hit a ball within those parameters, within those bounds, those lines, it is a fair in bounds. But if you go outside those lines, it becomes a bad or a foul ball. You see, there are lines in every sport. In a basketball rectangle, you have out-of-bounds lines, and you have to forfeit the ball. You lose something if indeed you step out of bounds. In football, you have to stop your progress wherever it is that you go out of bounds. You cannot catch a ball out of bounds. You cannot make progress and move the ball forward out of bounds. That is out of the boundaries that have been set. Those are arbitrary boundaries for a game. God's laws are not arbitrary. They are eternal laws that God has put within the universe itself. And God says, you step out of this boundary, these lines, it's going to be trouble. David stepped over the line. You see, Moses said, when you go into the land, I want the kings to write out with their own hand, their own personal copy of the word of God. Look it up in the Torah. And so David's sin was not that of ignorance. Often you'll hear people say, well, he knew better than that. Yes, just like you and just like me. We know better than to do what we did. Most sin is not a sin of ignorance. Most of our sins are not out of ignorance. They are out of willful rebellion, shaking our fist in the face of God. No matter how you slice it, transgression is stepping over the line. And most of the time, we know exactly where the lines are. We might have blurred them, but God didn't. And so David knew exactly what he was doing. As a matter of fact, I personally believe from my research that he carried around his neck uh, what we would call a small mezuzah, what would be put on a doorpost. I believe he had around his neck the law of God closest to his heart. I believe that he willfully and painfully crossed that line that God said you cannot cross. He coveted another man's wife. He committed adultery. He committed murder. And then he lied and covered it all up. God saw it all and sent Nathan the prophet to tell him that David crossed over the line. There is a line that God says, don't cross over this. He said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. The word iniquity is the word avon, A-V-O-N, not avon, but avon, avon. Avon is a twisting. It's a perverting. It's a covering up. It's a deceitful aspect of sin. You see, that's what David did. He stepped out of bounds, and then he tried to twist it to where he was innocent. This is what we often do. We blame someone else. We say we did this because of. No, we did it because of our own wickedness, because of our own sinful, deceitful heart. And when we do not come clean, then what we're doing is we're involved in iniquity. And David said, I've stepped out of bounds, I've covered it up, and because of that, I need to be cleansed from my sin, chata. 
C-H-A-T-T-A-H, Chata. Chata, Chata, is that sin and what it is, it's like harmartia of the New Testament. It is missing the mark. It's falling short. It is taking your best shot at a target, and the best you can do, the arrow falls short. You miss the mark because because of David stepping over the line and then twisting that. He missed God's best for his life. Did God restore him? Yes. But we don't know what God had in store for David. As great as God has been to David, as faithful as God is to his promise, the world will never know, no one will ever know till we get to heaven, just how wonderful a plan for David's life that he missed. You see, I believe the judgment seat of Christ for believers where their tears will be shed and God will wipe away tears from our eyes is when we see what God had for us and how we blew it. If we had only, if we had trusted him, if we had walked with him, if we had not sought to serve our own dictates and mandates and whims and desires. If we would have just followed God, we would have had his best. God truly gives the best to those who leave the choice with him, who say, God, I'm going to follow you no matter what. David stepped over the line, and when he did, he missed God's best. As great as God was to David, as much as God, in spite of David, fulfilled his will for his life, we are yet to see what God's great plan was for David. David said, I acknowledge my transgressions. I owned up to it. And as he goes through, he begins to lament just how sinful he had been from birth. And then in verse 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, he begins to pour out his heart before God. Many times you can tell so much about a person's heart by how they pray. David prayed to know wisdom. Why? Because he lacked wisdom. He was anything but wise in his behavior. He had misjudged. He wasn't misjudged. He misjudged. He needed to be clean. He needed to be purged. Why would he pray for God to create a clean heart in him? In verse 10, because his heart was dirty. You see, he was praying for cleansing because he sensed his own defilement, his own dirtiness. This is what sin does. It makes you feel dirty. You see, Satan lures you into sin, and the moment you do it, he then becomes your accuser. In verse 10, David said, create in me a clean heart. It's interesting that the word create is used here for a divine act and only a divine act. It's the word bara. In the book of Genesis, God says, Breshit bara. In the beginning, God supernaturally created something out of nothing. Ex nihilo, the Latin would say. That is, God created out of nothing the heavens and the earth. He created supernaturally. Not out of a substance that was there, but out of nothing God created. You see, David said, God, I need you to do a supernatural work in my life. I can't work this off. I can't get it out of my heart. God, only you. You're going to have to do a work of creation in my heart. God, you're going to have to do a work of renewal in my spirit. I need, oh God, a new spirit in me. 
I have defiled my heart, and I need a new heart. I don't just need it reworked. God, I need you to create a new heart within me because I have sinned grievously. In verse 8, he said, God, restore to me. Let me hear joy once again and gladness. I'm broken on the inside. Down to my very bones, I'm broken, and I need to hear joy again. Make me to hear joy. Why, why did David pray that? Because his heart was filled with sadness. He was depressed. He was down. He had failed. He had missed God. And then he said in verse 12, restore to me joy. The word restores. The word shuv. It's the word for turning around. It's the word for repentance. He said, God, I need to be turned back to joy. I have turned away from what gives joy, and that is knowing you, knowing your will and doing it. He said, oh, God, I need a generous spirit within me. I need a joyous spirit within me. I need for you to clean me up and create something new inside of me. God, I have fallen. Lord, I need you to restore me, renew me. I need for you to cleanse me, clean me, do catharsis on the inside. Flush me out, O God, because I am absolutely sitting in sackcloth and ashes, and I cannot go on with you. Lord, I cannot make progress. I've stepped out of bounds. I have run afoul. I am am in a bad way. And God, in his great mercy, restored David. You see, then he could serve him. In verse 13, he says, after you've restored all of these things to me, after you've turned me around, you've you've restored me. You've created a clean heart in me. You've restored joy, the joy of knowing you and knowing your forgiveness and knowing your salvation. He said, then and only then will I be able to help others. You see, revival has to do with the people of God. Restoration has to do with the people of God. You see what those who are without Jesus need, those who need God, they need to be regenerated. They don't need to be restored. There's nothing there to restore. They're dead in trespasses and sins. But those of us who are saved, who are walking with God, who have known God and walked with him and know the forgiveness of sin, know fellowship with him, when we break fellowship with him, we have to be restored. And David said, God, I'm in such a way I need to have a supernatural act. This is not going to be just a normal getting back together. This is not a break up to make up. God, I am in trouble and my heart needs to be created just like you created the heaven and the earth out of nothing. God, I don't have a lot to work with here. You're going to have to do something that's supernatural and God did it. He restored him. I want to encourage you to read Psalm 32. After you listen to this podcast, go back and read Psalm 51, which is this prayer of confession, David's outpouring of his heart. But go back to Psalm 32 and just read it. Maybe read it once or twice and see the blessedness of the one whose out-of-bounds steps have been forgiven. Those that have been cleansed from defilement. God said, when when you do this, those bones that were breaking, those that crushing that was happening, I will restore you. I'll mend you. I will guide you. You'll have direction again. Yes, you stepped out of bounds, but I'm going to put you back in bounds, and you're going to start making progress again because I'm going to restore your heart, your soul, your direction. I'll guide you with my eyes. Just look at my eyes. Look at my face looking at you. I love you. I care for you. I'll restore you. 
God is a God of mercy, of chesed, of loving kindness, of gentleness, of goodness. He is a God of forgiveness, and if you'll turn to him with all of your heart, he'll forgive you, he'll cleanse you, he'll set you back on the right path. Right now, if God has brought something to your mind where you sinned, or maybe you're listening to me right now, and you are so far away from God that you don't think it'll ever be like it once was, let me just tell you, God can make you brand new, and he wants to do that. Just right now, confess your sins to God, and God will restore you. Turn to him with all of your heart. He'll mend your broken heart. And he'll set your feet on a solid path. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCRISP.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.